We have an awesome God that we're serving again another day on this Sunday. I'm glad that you joined us for our worship time together. And we're looking at a passage of scripture that's in our devotional book for this Sunday. And that is Romans, no, Luke 19. Romans is where I marked it from last week. Luke 19. And so I need to look it up. give you time to find it. Begin with verse 41. Now as Jesus drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side. And level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another. Because you did not know the time of your visitation. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in it. Saying to them, it is written, my house is a house of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. And he was teaching daily in the temple But the chief priests, the scribes, and the leaders of the people sought to destroy him and were unable to do anything, for all the people were very attentive to hear him. Lord, bless the reading of his word. Let's pray. Thank you for our time to share again together. Thank you for these songs. You are the lion and the lamb. How great is our God. And Lord, whether some may feel like they're out in the desert today, We know, Lord, that you are the living water that will help them and encourage them. Bless and encourage us today from your word. Challenge us by it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All of us would agree that this has been a different Lenten season. And it looks like it's going to continue for a few more weeks. I don't want us to miss Easter as a congregation, so... We are going to postpone our Easter celebration. (laughs) I know it's supposed to be next Sunday, but we'll go ahead and you can celebrate in your own house, whatever. But I think as a congregation, we'll just postpone it until the first Sunday that we can gather back again for worship. That'll be a great thing to do, to have Easter celebration as a whole body of Christ. I hope you look forward to that because I certainly am. But today is Palm Sunday, and the start of Holy Week, as it is known, the final week of Jesus' life. The day, Palm Sunday, is the day that we recall the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. It's interesting that our assigned text that we read this morning from our Lenten devotional book is actually the text which immediately follows the triumphal entry in Luke's record. Our passage actually gives an extended insight into what actually happened that day as Jesus approached and entered Jerusalem. There is tension in this passage. It talks about them coming and spreading their clothes on the road and him riding in on the donkey and so on. But what Jesus is understanding is that the people don't understand what he is doing. Jesus wept 
while the people cheered. Jesus spoke of destruction while the people shouted praises. Jesus cleaned house while the people were accepting the status quo of their temple being used as a place of marketing. Luke's account presents a different triumphal entry. So what can we learn from this passage? The first thing we notice is a humble procession. You've probably seen it in various movies. The victorious military hero arriving back into a capital city with a parade and celebration in honor of his or her achievements. The crowds line the route. They shout their praises. The heroes dressed in their best. They may ride in a chariot or on a beautiful horse. An escort of soldiers or civic leaders. Or maybe there's a, a group of slaves being hauled along behind in carts. Or conquered people or something. Whatever it is, there is this procession in it. And it normally comes into town and they receive the accolades and then the hero makes his way to the temple of his or her god or goddess, and, and there they make a sacrifice to that favorite god, publicly thanking that god for a safe return. Now, Jesus followed that model, but with a twist. The crowds lined the route toward the entrance of the city. They shouted their praises, and Jesus, when he arrived, did head to the temple but for a whole different reason after entering the city. But the twist was that Jesus rode on a donkey, symbolizing his humble and peaceful leadership. The cloaks on the ground, the palm branches waving in the air, also showed the peacefulness of his mission. I don't think King Herod or even the governor Pilate or any Roman soldier was too concerned and worried about this parade because it was not full of swords and spears and armor and those kind of things at all. Instead of a military victory procession, the procession of Jesus was different. It was made by common people. It was humble. It was not military at all. It lacked glamour. It lacked weapons and gleaming armor. It was just country people singing praises and waving palm branches. But for all its humble and peaceful appearance, Jesus was arriving to do battle with evil. He was coming to bring an end to sin. Jesus was entering this community to begin the defeat of Satan. I think our world today has a problem of understanding the humble appearance of Jesus. I think they miss the lion and they only see the lamb. Well, Jesus certainly is the lamb, but there's also the part of him when his eyes glow, when his voice speaks and people just drop back, when he speaks to the winds and they calm down. There's another side to Jesus, and I don't want you to make the same mistake that people are making. They emphasize the, the lowly Galilean, the, the man on the cross, but they don't see the other side of it. Because every one of us is going to get on our knees before this king. And every person is going to bow before him and admit that he is Lord. Every individual is going to realize that Jesus is the only means 
for them to have eternal life. And we will all recognize that he is the Savior from sin and the best friend that a person could ever have. This is Jesus. Yes, he's a lion, but he's also a lamb. Don't let the humble procession fool you, King Herod, Pontius Pilate, people of Rome, and the people of Jerusalem. Because Jesus came to do battle. He came to save the world. The day started with a humble procession, but then we notice a burdened prophet. A passage that we read today, starting with verse 41, it says, As the procession approached Jerusalem, that Jesus saw the city and wept over it. And from the words of prophecy that he said in verses 42 to 44, we know that Jesus isn't crying about his death coming up on Friday. No, he is crying about the destruction that was coming to this beautiful city, to this temple, to this wonderful place that he visited every year. This wasn't the first time that Jesus had cried out over Jerusalem. Previous chapter in, in Luke in 13 Verses 34, 35, Jesus stated how he longed, O Jerusalem, to gather the people to him like a hen gathers her chicks. But they refused to accept him. And why was Jerusalem going to be destroyed? Because the people would not accept him as their Savior. And because they refused to repent of their own sins. The Jews as a nation were so convinced that their religious heritage and their rituals were the source of their salvation that they failed to accept the Son of God who was literally walking among them. Now there were some individuals who repented and believed in Jesus and were saved. But the majority of the people did not. And out of those people though who did, God started the New Testament church. But the majority of the nation refused their own Savior their own Messiah, and suffered the terrible consequences that he talked about. This warning of judgment on God's unrepentant people is a constant theme in the Bible. You see it repeated often in the Old Testament, and it happened again and again, prophet after prophet. Is there a danger today of nations ignoring Jesus and refusing to repent of their sins? There certainly is. We started this Lenten series with a passage from Daniel where he confessed the sins of his country before God and prayed a prayer of repentance for his nation, of intercession for them. He was interceding for his people who were running away from God. And in times of national tragedy, people in some nations are often called to a time of prayer. Our president called our nation to a time of prayer a couple Sundays ago. But many ignore and mock those who do call to prayer or even do make that public appearance. Just this week, the My Pillow guy asked those stuck at home to pray and read their Bibles, and he was trashed by many media outlets for doing so. You try to say something positive about God. Or his word. And they don't want anything to do with it. 
What's that say about our nation? Now, some Christians see this pandemic as a wake-up call from God to America and to other countries. And when people realize how powerless we really are in the face of this virus, it would cause us to turn to the one who died for us, for our healing, for our spiritual life here on earth. And Jesus defeated death so that we can have eternal life with him in heaven. Yes, I think we should spend more time in our Bibles and on our knees. So Jesus was burdened for his people. He warned them like an Old Testament prophet what was going to take place in less than 40 years to this city of Jerusalem. He really wanted them to repent from sin. He wanted them to accept him as their Savior. I know some of you are spending extra time in prayer during this crisis, and I'm grateful. I, too, have been praying for every one of you in our church family that you would be protected from this virus and that you would get closer to God in your spiritual life. And I challenge the rest of you, don't waste this crisis on feeling far, sorry for yourself. Instead, invest some time in repentance for yourself and your family, your church family, your nation. We can all do better in serving God. So get alone with God and bombard his throne room with your intercessions because we need to be burdened. We need to be concerned. We have here a picture of a humble procession and then a burdened prophet crying out for Jerusalem, weeping. Then Jesus showed us the third thing, a restored purpose. I remind you of these verses, beginning with verse 45. Jesus went to the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in it, saying to them, It is written, My house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And he was teaching daily in the temple. Jesus went to the temple as he had at the start of his ministry and did his best to restore it as a place of worship, a place of prayer, a place of teaching. At the beginning of his ministry, he cleansed the temple. He does it again on the final week of his ministry. Sadly, God's house, this magnificent temple with all its courtyards and all of its symbolism and all the sacrifices had become a place of ritual. It became a means of making money. It became a system that kept the poor from being able to offer sacrifices of repentance and worship. The people couldn't even offer prayers because of all the mess in the courtyards of animals and selling and money changers and so on. And if you, they were making money off of you and the poor could not afford it. So Jesus went to work on that Sunday, Palm Sunday. He began cleaning out the money makers so that everyone would then be allowed to come in and bring their animals and pay their respects and pray and listen to God's teaching and learn God's will without restrictions that had been placed on them. Someone even came by this church this week and asked if they could pray at the altar. So we let him in. That's fine. Sometimes you just need a place in the God's house to pray. But many need to realize, though, that 
they can't all come to church and meet together. So we have restricted from gathering for worship, but we still are praying. We're still worshiping. We're still learning about God in our homes. I hope that you are. You should be. Let's be real this morning. Jesus came and told, told them this needed to be a house of prayer. And then he began to teach the people. And I'm wondering, is there anything hindering our prayers? Is there anything hindering your prayers? Is there something hindering the teaching of God's word in your home? Because your house is to be a Christian home, where at times God's word is read and discussed, where prayers are offered, where Christian music is heard, and worship takes place. That's part of being a Christian home. The same thing goes for the Christian's heart and the Christian's mind. We must constantly be cleansed and renewed. We talked about it last week. So that we can better worship and pray and teach and learn. This church is set apart for the purpose of preaching, prayer, teaching, and Christian fellowship. But the Christian's home and life should also be cleaned and set apart for the same purpose. Get rid of the things in your life. Get rid of the things in your home that would destroy your relationship with God. Jesus restored the house of God to its intended purpose. So today, as we reflect on the arrival of Jesus at Jerusalem and what took place on that eventful day, we have observed his personal humility some did not get it. He was a lion, even though he looked like a lamb. We also observed his prayer burden, how he wept over the city and what was going to take place, just as some people are weeping over our country today, crying about their family, carrying the burden. And he also saw his passion for restoration, restoring the house of God to its intended purpose, just as we need to restore our homes to be a place where God can come and live with us. What is God talking to you about today? How are you going to grow in Christ during these days of social distancing? Don't waste this crisis in just your own selfish pursuits. But turn this crisis into a personal, spiritual turning point in your life. Pray like you've never prayed before. Search God's word. Learn from it. Teach your family from it. Get closer to God. Become a better Christ follower. It's family altar time. As we pray together. You can pray at home. You can pause the video. But I just want to pray with you, just as I've been praying with some people on the phone. Because some people are burdened and concerned today. Lord Jesus, we are asking you to help us to realize that you aren't just the carpenter boy, but you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. At times, you come, become our friend, but at other times, Lord, we definitely bow before you and acknowledge you for who you are, the Son of God. 
And this week, this final week of your life that we're remembering, you were the Son of God who took away the sins of the world. And you had power over death, and you defeated Satan, and you rose again and, had, and, and became the intercessor for us after your ascension. We thank you today for that kind of God. But then we also look at the fact that you were burdened for us and for the city of Jerusalem. And I believe you're burdened for us today. You care about people who are fearful, people who are sick, people who are hurting today in various communities around this world. And even right here, you're concerned about the people of our church, of our city, of our state. And so, Lord, we're asking that you will just help us to use this as a time to pray and to carry before you the burdens that you place on our heart, to pray for each other, to care for each other. And then, Lord, also, we realize that we need to restore some things. We need to restore our own hearts. We need to restore, Lord, our homes our church is doing fine. There's very few people that are here right now. But, Lord, if there was something in our church that needed to be gotten rid of, we would do so. We want our homes and our hearts to be places where God is felt and seen and worshipped. Where our children can ask questions about Jesus. And where we can have discussions about God's will and his plan for our lives. Lord, we are grateful for this time of sharing your word together. And we pray for our people, some of them that are hurting, some that are really concerned today. Would you bless them and help them and encourage them? Lord, we love you, and we want to worship you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We continue our worship as the praise team comes back. You join in with the singing. Holiness 
is Christ in me. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. So teach my song to rise to you. When temptation comes my way, and when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my right. God is good. Let me say it again. God is good. But you know, we need him, just like the song says. We need him. Again, I want to remind you of the various ways that you can give to God's kingdom here at our local church. Um, during this time of our separation, we know it's a little di more difficult, but you can go to our website. You can click on Give Online, follows the steps there, or you can mail your check, your tithes and offerings to the church address, or you can try to drop it off. Um, we can't promise you that we'll be here, but we're here most days, Monday through Thursday, from late morning to, to early afternoon. We try to stay, someone's here, um, but there's times when sometimes we have to leave. So on the subject of announcements, we want to remind you that all group activities are still canceled here at the church until further notice. We had some church safety meetings that we're going to have to postpone, so we won't be doing those. And of course, the district has announced that there will be no ladies' day and that district assembly has been canceled. So we'll be working out some things in those areas because those things have been canceled. On a brighter note, we issued a challenge this week on Facebook to help us celebrate Palm Sunday. Yes, this is Palm Sunday, and we want to praise the Lord. So we need you to stay tuned for the last song so you can see the results of our challenge. I think you're gonna, it's going to bless you. Now, we'll be is issuing another challenge this week. We'll probably have it on Facebook about Wednesday. 
So check your Facebook page so that you can be a part of this challenge. And if you don't have Facebook, call the office and I will be glad to tell you about it because we want as much participation as we can. Remember to connect with each other during the week. Find creative ways. I know that those of you who are, are a blessing and are blessing others. So um, God is still God, and we are still his church. And in the midst of these uncertain times, no matter what happens, we've read the final chapter. And when we stay faithful to him, we will be victorious. I hope you enjoyed this morning's service. God bless you as you are working through different things in your life right now that just some tough times. Pray for each other. Encourage each other. And remember, God loves you, and so does Brazil Church of the Nazarene.